Hello and welcome back to the Watch Dogs Bark. <laughs> My name is Drew. I am your host and I consider myself a watchdog. I'm laughing at the beginning of this one because this was going to be really intense and I'm just kind of starting off on a fun and friendly note because, uh, like I said, it's going to be very intense. This is episode 53. Wee! It's episode 53. I'm just continuing that thing. Sorry. All right. You remember in the last episode, I went step by step through Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals, Steps to Socialism. Well, in this one, and I mentioned briefly, you know, Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto. Well, in this one, I'm going to cover that one step by step, kind of like I did the last one. And this is step by step to communism. For people that don't understand, there's a very small step between socialism and communism. Socialism is government control of everything, but still allowing private ownership. Communism is government ownership and control of everything. And it's like I said, it's just a small step between the two. So here are the 10 steps to communism. All right. And let me know if these sound kind of familiar, because, wow, when I read them, I was like, whoop, OK, we're really close to that. All right. Well, that one's really OK. Well, we've already passed that one. All right. Listen, here we go. Number one, abolition of private property. Step number two. Heavy progressive or graduated income tax. Take more money from people who have higher income. Step three, abolish the right of inheritance. State acquires citizens' property upon their death. Huh, that sounds familiar. Families no longer get heirlooms or inheritances. Step four, confiscate property owned by immigrants and rebels. Oh, no. Step number five, establish a national bank. Huh, gosh, uh, okay, uh, never mind. Uh, number six, nationally controlled communications and transport. Uh-huh. Number seven, government ownership of the means of production. Hmm. Number eight, industrial and agricultural armies. Everyone is liable to work. Number nine, redistribute population. Hmm, I got a lot to say about that one. And number 10, free and public education. What would they be teaching in education that's offered for free? Hmm, I wonder. Okay, let's take this one by one. Number one, abolition of private property. Well, we know that's happening because... Oh, I'll say it in Klaus Schwab's accent uh, in the World Economic Forum. And incidentally, you cannot find this video on the World Economic Forum website anymore. It used to be there right in the center, and it was filled with lovely music and, and you know, making you feel really good. But for some reason, they took it down. I think it's probably because it's in a lot of YouTube videos of people making fun of it. Because it says, and I, I do it in Klaus Schwab's uh, accent, in the future... You will own nothing, and everyone will be happy. Yeah, that's basically saying we're going to own everything, and you can rent it from us. Also, if you know what happens when you die, your surviving family and property goes into what's called probate. 
That's where your family has to defend that their rights to the property that was either assigned in a will and testament, or if you didn't have a will and testament, the state will decide where the property goes. So basically, the state is going after your property in probate court. Your surviving family members have to prove that you really did mean to leave your Ferrari or your car or your house or your cabin to such and such family member. They have to defend the, that that really is their right to inherit. And believe me, the state wants all of it for themselves. So their lawyers are fighting against you in court. First and foremost, make a will and testament and make sure you're very specific about where you want each of your property items to go and get it notarized. Make sure it's all legal because if not, the state will pick it apart and take everything for themselves. Okay, number two, heavy progressive or graduated income tax. Do you remember how the left keeps screaming that we have to make the rich pay their fair share? That we need to raise taxes on the rich to pay for this program and that program. And everything will be taken care of if we can just tax the rich more. You know, they don't think the rich deserve their wealth. They don't care how many decades a person has worked tirelessly, 12, 12 13, 14, 15 hours a day, sacrificing their health, their families, their relationships all of these things to obtain the, the uh, success that they've been working for. Doesn't matter. No, you are rich. You do not deserve to have that money. Instead, we're going to tax you at a higher rate and give that money to the government to spend as they want. Let me just drop a little truth bomb on all of you that think the rich don't pay their fair share. Most of the wealthy don't have income anymore. Their money is making money in the stock market and other things like that, but they earned that money going in. And then they have learned how to multiply and grow that money in investment vehicles. So most of the rich only pay the capital gains tax. If you are routinely trading or you ever cash in any investments you have, then you must pay capital gains tax and it's around 15% on the average. And the progressives don't think that's enough. They want you to pay 50% or more on all the times you try and cash out on your investments. They do not want you to have any money for yourself. They don't think you deserve it. They think all the money that you have made should be the government's money and the government will pay you what they think you need to live on. See, that's the difference between conservatives and liberals. Or I, I should say the left. Liberals are pretty center of the road. But if you look at the difference between conservatism and the left, okay, the conservatives believe that everything you earn, you owe a certain percentage to the government for your protection and safety. All right. And that's basically how it they believe. And that money you earn is your money. Now, the left thinks opposite. 
They think everything you earn is the government's money. And then they allow you to have a certain percentage of that money, their money, to live on. That's the difference between conservatives and liberals for the most part, or the left rather. All right, number three, and it kind of sounds like number one, but it's a little different. Abolish rights to inheritance. Basically, like I said, after probate, whatever the state wins, that's what the state takes. And there is a death tax right now in the U.S. When you die, and if you talk to anyone who doesn't like that name, death tax, we'll call it the estate tax. This was first imposed during the 1700s on and off to help fund various wars that have happened. And after World War I, it became a permanent fixture. But the left will say, but if it's unfair, it's unfair to a very small percentage of Americans. That's, that, those are the people that it's really unfair to. And then they'll say, no, but it only applies to a very large estates. In fact, uh, it is true that about two out of every thousand estates pay an estate tax. However, there are increasingly more and more millionaires. And that is where the estate tax is applied to people that earn more than or are worth more than a million dollars per individual or 2.5 million for couples. So those are the only people that will be charged an estate tax or a death tax after they die. And most of the people that are never millionaires in their whole life, they'll be like, yeah, well, that's fair for them. Well, there are more and more and more millionaires every single day. There's going to be a lot more estate taxes being levied on these people because the government doesn't think you should have the wealth enough to pass on to your children. They don't believe you should have any kind of heirlooms or inheritance to pass on. They just don't. And that, my friends, is step three to communism. Step four, confiscate property owned by immigrants and rebels. What they're saying here basically is people that speak against the government should not, should not be allowed to own their property. So that property can be confiscated. And I don't know if you know this or not, but the law of eminent domain means the government can step in and take over property if they think they can make more taxable money from that property than it is currently making. So if you own a private property, they can come in and take that property from you because they're planning on building condos or a strip mall or something that's going to produce more taxable assets for the government. And the next one, uh, people have heard me talk about it many times, establish national bank. Do you remember when I was talking about the central bank digital currencies? Yeah, that's basically what they're talking. What you don't know is back when the Federal Reserve was created, there were a group of senators and congresspeople that created a bill that they originally named the U.S. Central Bank Bill. And they didn't pass it. They didn't get it passed because too many people were afraid of those words, central bank. 
They didn't want the government controlling a central bank. So it got rejected. But then it came back a few years later, and the only thing that changed was the name. It was called the Federal Reserve Act. Well, now they want to take it even a step further, and they want to establish a central bank digital currency. And for those who haven't listened when I've talked about it before, let me explain what that is. That is a programmable currency. There's a reason why our government is trying to get away from the dollar. They want digital currency only. They, don't, they want to get away from paper money, and they definitely want to get away from gold and silver or, or the gold standard. They want to be able to print money, whatever they want, but now they want to even go away from printed money and only have online credit. And the central bank digital currencies will be programmable within like these smart cities I told you about, you know, the 15-minute cities. That currency will only be able to be spent inside that 15-minute parameter. That's what a smart city will. They'll be able to go outside the city, you know, and travel outside the city, but their money will be no good outside of that smart city. Also, they'll be able to program what you can spend that money on. For instance, I highly doubt that that currency will be allowed to buy a gun or ammunition. It just won't work. It'll be programmed not to be able to be used for that kind of purchase. Also, just like China, we'll have a social credit score. If you do like I do and do a podcast and you start to get more and more followers and they believe you're a big enough threat, they can reduce what your money is really worth according to their beliefs about you and what your beliefs are. So this is a big one. And that's what they want to do to, uh, again, one of the steps to communism is establishing this national bank. So do everything you can. Call your representatives and tell them, and call your bank, by the way, too, and try and find out if they're even considering going to a central bank digital currency or CBDCs, okay? And if they are, tell them you're going to leave the bank if, you, if they do adopt CBDCs because central bank digital currencies is not money. It's power and it's control. All right, number six, nationally controlled communications and transport. Well, that's happening. We basically know we have a government-sponsored media. ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, all are in controlled, are being controlled by the government. Don't believe me? Listen to this. This will kind of blow you away because this is all of the news organizations using the exact same phrasing. Gosh, I wonder where they got this phrasing from. Listen to this. First, the sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media outlets people think, and this, this is, is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This 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 is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Yes, this is the scariest. Well, that's propaganda. That was from the Joe Rogan show when they pointed out that all the media 
get their talking points, and then they all say the same talking points verbatim. I wonder who they get that talking point from. Hmm. Almost like it's a state-controlled media. Weird, huh? Okay, this next one hasn't quite happened yet, but it is happening. Government ownership of the means of production. Government is putting all kinds of regulations on what can and cannot be produced in this country. For instance, energy. We're no longer allowed to really produce energy. I mean, yes, I do admit that production, oil production and uh, extraction is actually higher than it was at the end of Trump's term, but it took years couple years to get back up. And Joe Biden is purposefully draining the strategic oil reserves. And I'll get into more detail on that in just a minute, because that's one of the main points I want to make in this podcast. All right. The next one, number eight, is industrial and agricultural armies. Everyone is liable to work. That hasn't happened yet, but I promise you that is something that will be introduced. This next one is starting to happen now, and people need to understand that it really is happening. The government is trying to eliminate sovereignty of individuals. They do not want anyone to have a single family home. That's why they're building these massive apartment complexes all over the country. They're trying to force all the population into smaller areas larger populations because those are easier to control. And you remember back to the original point, you will own nothing and the the world will be happier. No, someone's going to own it, the government or these group of individuals that hope to take over all the governments and run everything all at once. They'll own everything. We'll all just rent. So I'm telling you right now, if you can, and I know interest rates are very high right now, and I kind of think it's on purpose to discourage people from owning homes. You remember back 20 years ago, that was the standard. You got to a certain point in your life, you put a deposit down on a house and you started making mortgage payments because you wanted to own property. The government doesn't want you to do that anymore. They want everyone to rent everything and they want all the populations to be put in large metropolitan areas so that they control them easier. They can't control the farmers and the people that live out on, you know, 10, 15, 20 acres all by themselves out in the middle of nowhere. The government doesn't have control over them and they do not like that. And the final thing is free and public education. Why do you think the left is fighting so hard for free education? Why? That, by the way, the education's not going to be free. It's going to be paid by your tax dollars. Because the teachers and administrators still have to make money. They still have to get paid to do what they're trained to do. So they're not going to do it for free. So if it's free, expect a very large increase in taxes because nothing, my friends, is free. So all of these steps are in the Communist Manifesto by Karl Marx. And they are steps to gain communist control over the public. And uh, I think I've pointed out pretty successfully that a lot of them are already happening or have happened. And we need to be very well aware of what a group of individuals in this world, some of our country, but mostly in the world, want this world governance. And I told you before, and I'm going to say it again, we need to defend this country with everything we have. 
because it is the United States of America, and especially our Constitution, that is standing in the way of world governance. Because our Constitution does not limit our rights as we the people. Our Constitution limits the rights of the government. And the World Economic Forum and UN and WHO and IMF and all these other world organizations want to take out the United States of America. As a matter of fact, it is my opinion, and again, this is my opinion, that the UN should be kicked out of the United States. We should no longer allow the UN to occupy the United States because pretty much everything the UN tries to pass is against the United States. They do not care about the United States. And every one of the people that comes into this country from other countries takes advantage of what's called diplomatic immunity. And yes, some of the people have actually caused our government to excuse rape and theft and even murder, all for diplomatic immunity. So we need to kick everyone out of the UN, make the UN be established on some other island that's out in the middle of nowhere that doesn't depend on a country's taxes to sustain it. And just imagine that giant UN building on the Upper East Side or the East Side of, of Manhattan. Wouldn't that make a great housing project for the homeless? Uh, I think so. Gosh, in that one building, we could have not only housing for many homeless, but also medical treatment and rehab groups and all kinds of different things that are necessary to clean up our streets and get people the help they need that are addicted to drugs and mentally ill. That is the majority of the people that are homeless in our country. They are addicted to either drugs or alcohol and have spent themselves into oblivion or they're mentally ill and have put themselves and choose to live on the street on purpose. All right, think a lot about what those 10 steps mean and how close we really are. And before I continue with what I wanted to talk about as far as other things that this administration has done to try and destroy our country, starting with energy independence, first I want to tell you again about these amazing products by a company called NuSkin. And full disclosure, I am a distributor, but if I only really am interested in selling the products, if you want to start a business and, and uh, do the business with me, you're welcome to do that, and I can help you do that. But I did tell you about a product last week, the AP24 Whitening Toothpaste. Amazing toothpaste. This week, I want to tell you about the most bioavailable vitamins you can get on the market. And they call them Life Pack Nano. They use nanotechnology to make sure that these nutrients that are in these supplements go right into your system the way they're supposed to. I talked with a guy who, I know this is disgusting, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I talked to a guy whose job it is to clean out the porta-potties at all of like the fairs and the air shows and the big other shows, you know, where they have outdoor porta-potties. And he says that you would be surprised that all of the vitamins that are on the bottom of that porta-potty, and some of them you can still read the name of the vitamin. I won't mention the name because I don't want to get sued, but it does start with, uh, um, yeah. So 
uh, it, it is a very famous multivitamin that is on the shelves at all your grocery stores. And there's a vitamin for men and a vitamin for women and a vitamin for the, you know, over 50 and all that. And it's silver hair, you know, they cater to, you know, the one I'm talking about. You can still read the name of the company on the pill because they shellac those pills. If you swallow them, they don't absorb into your system at all. You are swallowing essentially a sugar pill. You're swallowing something that's not going to do you any good. But if you take LifePack Nano, that is nanotechnology that goes right into your system. And every time I take it, I do my green drink in the morning and my vitamin, my LifePack Nano, and I feel amazing. I, I never acquired a taste for coffee, so I don't do coffee. And thank goodness, because I don't lie. All these people that are Java slaves, they cannot do anything until they get their coffee. I, I feel bad for them because they're addicted to the caffeine in coffee. I get my energy from my green drink and Life Pack Nano. If you want to find out about this and other products that the company New Skin, by the way, that's N-U-S-K-I-N, not N-E-W, N-U-S-K-I-N, go to twdbark.mynewskin.com. All right, and now to continue on with what I was talking about in the original title of this podcast, How to Destroy Our Country in Four Years, Part Two. Remember, in Part One, I talked about illegal immigration, dumbing down our schools, and uh, indoctrinating young children, and the drugs and social media. Those are the things that I discussed in the last podcast. That was Step One. Part Two is this. Destroying our energy independence. Gosh, that, that happened, right? Yep. Day one. Day one. Joe Biden, I believe by following orders, created the executive order to end the construction of the Keystone XL pipeline, which, by the way, would have been finished long time ago and would have been providing 900,000 barrels of crude oil from Alberta, Canada into our country every single day. So by stopping that pipeline was the first step. Then they are approving the least amount of oil drilling permits in U.S. history. Uh, actually, since Nixon. Nixon approved less than Joe Biden is, and that was before he left office. So Joe Biden is approving the least amount of oil drilling rights, and he is vilifying the oil and gas and coal industries in our country. Why is he doing this? Well, because they want all of us to go to electric vehicles and electric power. Why? Well, they want us dependent on the rare earth minerals that are provided or that are abundant in China. Now, they are abundant here in the United States. And as a matter of fact, there is one state, and I want to say it's Kentucky or North Dakota. I don't know which one it is, but there is one state in our country that has more cobalt than in the Congo. And we won't have to have child labor to extract that cobalt. And cobalt is a very necessary rare earth mineral for batteries for electric cars. But the environmentalists are preventing the extraction of these rare earth minerals in our country. They want us all dependent on those rare earth minerals from China. 
They also want us to purchase oil and gas, which we have to still use, probably for the next 50 to 100 years, honestly, from countries that do not have the same environmental regulations we do. And their oil and gas extraction is dirtier, worse for the environment, and the final product is not refined as well and cleanly in our country or in, in those countries as opposed to ours. And as I've said before, under our country, we have more oil and gas than any other country in the entire world. We could be the number one producer and exporter of oil and gas. They just discovered uh, about 10 years ago a pocket of gas in eastern Texas, 52 trillion cubic feet. That's enough natural gas to run our country at current levels for about 200 years, just to let you know. And under our country, we have over 1 trillion barrels of oil. If you include uh, what's in South Dakota, or North Dakota, in the Bakken fields, in offshore, up in Anwar, uh, in Alaska, if we are allowed to drill on those things, and we drill cleaner than any other country in the world, we are more environmentally friendly with our drilling process than any other country in the world. But this administration and the left does not want this country to be independent in any way possible. No independence at all. Not energy independence, not freedom, not free speech, not anything. They don't want this country to have that kind of independence because that would make it impossible to govern the world as one because they'd have to uh, govern the rest of the world and just let America do what it wants. But we value freedom so much and go to other parts of the world to defend freedom, they would consider us a threat. All right. So energy independence, they've taken it away. Now, the next step is to vilify the police. After George Floyd, the Black Lives Matter caused riots throughout a summer where there were over 500 riots burned down city buildings and police stations and burned a, a federal judge or federal um, courthouse in Portland. And all of this, the media thought, or they actually called it peaceful protest. And they all attributed it to people being mad about George Floyd. Well, there's video showing big moving trucks coming up and dumping off bricks and placard signs and frozen water bottles and all these things that are needed to turn a peaceful protest into a riot. And yes, this was on purpose. Why? Because they want everyone to feel so uncomfortable and they want chaos and anarchy to get to such a point where they can enact a police state and take away everyone's guns. I know everyone's saying, oh, we're not going to take away. We just want to, we just want, we just want the, the assault weapons. We just want the assault weapon. That's all we want. We want to ban assault weapons, but they will not tell us what an assault weapon is. So they can really say, oh, well, that's an assault weapon. Oh, well, that gun's an assault weapon too. Oh, well, that's an assault weapon. Oh, well, that's an assault weapon. You know, and what happened in Australia? I don't know if you know, after Port Arthur, okay, it was a, a mass shooting and Australia enacted a gun buyback, basically was Australia's way of confiscating guns. The people that weren't willing to sell their guns back, the government went and took and their crime didn't go down. Their violent crime didn't go down. 
gun violence went down, but people that are intent on committing crime and committing evil will find a way to do it. If you take away one method of destruction and murder, they'll find another one, as they found out in Australia. So now you vilify the police and you make it to the point where the police recruitment is like down 40% all over the nation. There are, there's one city that literally the entire police force quit. Done. And also in Russia right now, they're having a huge problem with crime because police officers aren't paid even as much as bike couriers and grocery store workers are paid more than their police. And so they have many, many, many police officers quitting and going to get jobs as bike couriers and grocery store workers because they can make more money for their family. So that's what's happening in this country. They're trying to vilify the police. And there was a strong call to defund the police. And the departments that are defunded have seen a rise in crime. Definitely. All right. Then they... We have a whole bunch of prosecuting attorneys and DAs and AGs that are funded by George Soros. The reason why George Soros gives them all the money is because they promise not to enforce the laws. Look what's happening in New York. Alvin Bragg has downgraded 54% of felonies to misdemeanors. But you remember, he's the one that's also taking misdemeanors and turning them into trying to turn them into federal felonies to indict Trump. So we have the police uh, are, are evil and we have DAs that aren't enforcing laws and releasing criminals with a slap on the wrist and a small fine and maybe a citation after they've committed a heinous crime because it's all about equity. Remember, I told you, if you read um, the Communist Manifesto by um, Karl Marx. It the word equity is in that book hundreds and hundreds of times because that's how you control people. You say you're doing it for equity. Then of course, the next step is to keep spending and printing money ad nauseum, like nonstop. And that's why the price of everything in our country is expensive. Groceries, gasoline, you know, Utilities, all are increased. Why? Because our government doesn't know how to stop spending money. And the definition of inflation is too much money chasing too few goods. And then the last thing I'll talk about in this podcast, before I get to a couple of the uh, stories that are in the news right now, is you basically wokeify the military. Did you know our U.S. military has spent 6 million man hours teaching CRT, gender theory, pronouns, all this idiotic, extemporaneous crap no one in the military needs to know. Like I said, the only thing that should be taught in our military is how to make the men and women the most deadly fighting machine in the world. Period. That's it. The most deadly pilots, the most deadly soldiers have the most deadly weapons because we want all of these things so no one will mess with us. That's the object of creating a military that no one would dare go up against. Do you think China and Russia and um, Iran, 
are teaching their soldiers proper pronouns and allowing their soldiers to transition from men to women or women to men while they're soldiers? Do you think they are focusing on that at all? No, they're teaching their soldiers to be lethal, to be a cohesive unit that no one would dare mess with. And we are teaching this to our military on purpose. There are people telling the leaders of our military what to teach the soldiers. And that has a lot to do with the fact that we are listening more to world organizations than to our country's leaders, to organizations like the UN and the WHO and the World Economic Forum and the IMF and the IHO, International Health Organization. We are allowing them to dictate laws that we would have to follow in our country, not paying attention to the Constitution. No, no, we're, we're trying to go around the Constitution and make a world law what we have to live on or live by rather than the laws of this land. And all of it is still being done on purpose. So my friends, I hope you understand that all of this is being done on purpose. All of this is being done to tear down our society, to raise children that are indoctrinated to the point where they can't think for themselves, that they just automatically go along with the narrative that they're being taught. And like I said, in our colleges and universities, and now even in our grade schools, we are teaching children what to think, not how to think. And I think, I I don't know if you remember or not, but I pointed out in, I think, my episode three, what's happening in our schools, colleges, and universities. There is 39% of the universities in our country do not have a single conservative member on the staff. Not one. The entire university is being ran by one party and one ideology. And I've heard numerous stories about conservative parents sending their kids off to one of these Ivy League schools and having their kids come back and hate their parents, hate their country, blame the country for all the world's woes, and they're basically indoctrinating them to be faithful, woke, ideological soldiers of the left. All right. Like I said, this is, this is going to be a pretty uh, intense one, and, and I, I think I proved that. <laughs> all right. Now, I want to go on to some stories now that are happening that literally just, I, I sat slack-jawed when... <laughs> When I found out this happened, Letitia James, we know the prosecutor in New York, is trying to take away Donald Trump's business licenses for all of his properties in New York. Not only that, but she found a judge in Florida that agrees that Donald Trump has overvalued all of his property for the purpose of not only the declaration of his personal wealth and net worth, but also undervalued the properties when it came time to taxes and overvalued the properties when it came time to take out loans from banks, saying his property was worth way more than it should be. And the banks took his word on it and gave him a loan based on that. Well, I don't know if you know much about properties and real estate and business, but that happens a lot. (laughs) A lot of times companies will undervalue their business when it comes tax time and overvalue their business when it comes to trying to get a loan out. It's called business. 
And there's gray areas in the business. But let's just say that Donald Trump has done that. Okay. This judge in Florida, and you're not going to believe this and try to stop yourself from laughing hysterically because I did. All right. There is a judge in Florida that has assessed that Mar-a-Lago in West Palm Beach is worth $18 million. Yeah, I know. I'm laughing. I was laughing hysterically the first time I read it too. $18 million. Just to give you an idea of the property value in West Palm Beach, an empty two-acre lot next door to Mar-a-Lago is valued at $200 million. All right. So, and, and a property just right down the street from Mar-a-Lago that's just under 9,000 square feet. It's got six bedrooms, seven and a half baths. It's valued at 30, $39 million. Okay, now let me put this into perspective. Mar-a-Lago is 65,000 square feet, has over 120 rooms on 17 acres of property on the waterfront on two sides. And it's only worth 18 million. <laughs> this, my friends, is proof that if you have enough hatred for someone, you can always find someone else that has that same hatred for them and will work with you to try and destroy them. They want Donald Trump penniless. They want Donald Trump powerless. They want Donald Trump in prison. Why? You have to ask yourself why. Have you seen any other president in history treated this badly by the media and by the judicial system or lack of judicial system in many cases? I haven't, there's not been one single president or basic leader. I mean, even Richard Nixon, what he did in Watergate, he was accused and, and he resigned. I believe if he would have stayed in and fought it, he probably would have won in court. Okay. But what he did pales into comparison what they're, what they're blaming Donald Trump of doing. The reason why, and all of them, I don't think they even understand, when they get their marching orders from the globalists to destroy Trump at all costs, I don't think they really understand why they are doing this. They are doing this because Donald Trump represents the single biggest threat to world governance that has been in our U.S. history. Donald Trump is trying to restore America's independence in every way possible. And the globalists can't have that. They need America or dependent on other countries, dependent on uh, Venezuela and Iran for oil, dependent on uh, countries like Canada and Europe for our grains, dependent on other countries for our rare earth minerals, for electric car batteries. They need America to be dependent on other countries. Because if they can get every single country dependent on all other countries for different things they need, then they can control it all. If they have one country who remains completely independent, that destroys their plans of world governance. And that, my friends, is why they are going so hard after Donald Trump. Now, is Donald Trump perfect? Oh, heck no. He's rude, crude, and socially unacceptable. <laughs> That's just, he just, he fights. And he fights brutal. He fights the way Democrats fight, and they can't stand that. They can't, they're used to the Republicans that rolled over eventually and just gave in. 
The Republicans of the past have been weak, very, very weak. They eventually got so uncomfortable with how bad the Democrats were making it for America for doing, or the, they wanted to do the right thing. So they said, fine, fine, fine. You can have your way. Just make everything okay for, you know, don't hurt anybody anymore. And the Democrats said, okay, sure. You give us all the power. Yeah. Okay. No problem. You let us win this case. Okay. Yeah. No problem. You let us pass this law that takes away people's freedoms. Oh, we, we promise we'll take care of them. That's how tyranny rises. And that's how tyrannical leaders rise and gain power is they make it so uncomfortable for everyone. Those with consciences and morals and values will eventually cower because they think it's for the best. So no one else will be made uncomfortable and have to be harmed. And you see, radical uh, Marxists, leftists, communists do not care how many people they hurt. They do not care how many people they kill. They do not care how many lives are ruined. They don't care how much property is destroyed. All they care about is power and control. And that is not just any power and control. That is total power and control. In my next podcast, I'm going to talk about those that want to regulate worldwide health standards and vaccine standards and all of the things that we as independent and free thinkers are aware of what's going on, but they don't want our government and our constitution to have control over our citizens. They want control over everyone. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in the next podcast. All right. There's one other thing I want to talk about, and then I'll go to my positive note, is Target is closing nine stores in the country. Can you guess what cities those nine stores are being closed in? I can give you a hint. They are the cities with rising crime rates that have these radical prosecutors that will not prosecute the law and release criminals back on the street to commit the same crimes basically they were just arrested for. And they are also many of the cities who are sanctuary cities. So those four cities that are closing an, a total of nine Target stores, New York City, Seattle, Portland, and San Francisco. Who'd have thunk it? I, I can't imagine stores wanting to close in those socialist utopia cities. Yeah, right. Okay, I do have some good news, though. There are a lot of people rising up and speaking against what's happening, and it needs to continue. It needs to get to a fever pitch where those who want this control and power should be scared to death of the people of this country. There are parents going to school board meetings and rising up against what's being taught to their children and threatening to sue. That is one of the most important things. You need to make them uncomfortable and make them fear to continue doing what they're doing to the children. They need to fear losing their house and everything in a lawsuit if they continue to do this indoctrination. The Democrats have been working at this for decades, and they, they gained almost entire full control of the curriculum of the education system. But I think enough parents are starting to rise up against it. Listen to some of this. 
All these people came here to defend you all from hurtful words. This is obnoxious. Let me just say, there is one goal for the educational system. It should be to prepare children to enter careers to be productive members of society. It is not a counseling session. It is not a self-help area. It is not somewhere to find yourself. And we should not be led by the children, for goodness sake. The children are called dependents for a reason. They depend on us who have fully developed brains. You cannot feel your way through life. The issues that we are talking about, we are bringing you statistics. We are talking about scholastics. We are talking about funding. We are talking about busing. We are talking about trying to figure out how to make our children be as successful as possible. They call us Marxists and hateful and bigots and everything else under the sun. Well, let me tell you, less than 5% of the entire population of North Carolina identifies as LGBTQ. You guys all claim you want democracy. Well, you know what democracy is? It's the majority plus one. It's 50 plus one. You know what? More than 50% of the people in this state claim that they believe in God, almighty God, who made us male and female. We are discussing things with them that they are not emotionally, intellectually, and morally able to handle. That is what is causing the anxiety. That is what is causing the depression. That is what is causing the confusion. Bravo. Absolutely. She's 100% right. And... I believe that if more parents speak up like this, we're going to win back this country. Here's another woman that threatens to sue if they continue to teach their child certain things. I filed the first federal lawsuit against woke indoctrination in America. And if my daughter is taught CRT at all, I will sue you. If my daughter is taught SEL at all, I will sue you. I am encouraging every parent I know to sue you, to sue every teacher, principal, every system, everybody up the chain. I do not want my child to be taught that just because she's black and a woman, she ain't going to make I do not want my child to be taught that she needs to express herself sexually in her classroom. Our kids are not your emotional support animals. Stop treating them like that. I'm a mother. A mother, not a birthing person. You're not going to do this to us. We will fight you every single day from now on. Amazing. More parents need to do this. Go to the school board meetings and threaten legal action if they continue to indoctrinate your children. Ultimately, what is happening on the college level, there are certain universities now that employers will not hire from. Because they know the students are too woke. They're too focused on social issues and identities and differences in skin color or nationality or sexuality than they are on the topics they should be experts in. Listen to Victor Davis Hanson. Okay, I found this on Epic TV. He was talking about what is happening to some of the students that are graduating from the universities. Listen to this. 
Stanford University just announced the incoming class of 2026, and they boasted that there were only 23% white applicants in a demographic that has three times that number. But here's what was interesting. They would not tell you of the people who were admitted how many did or did not take the SAT, which is optional now. But they did want to emphasize that those that took the SAT and got a perfect that's almost impossible to do. A perfect score on the SAT, they proudly announced they rejected 75% of them. And so it's almost a boast that we're not going to be bound by meritocracy. So I talked to some people off the record in Silicon Valley, and one person, if I were to name his name, everybody would know him. He said, we would rather have a, a coder from Georgia Tech than we would from Stanford. So it's starting to affect us everywhere. And it's a war on meritocracy, and it's an equality of result enforced mandate. And it's all done under the guise of being morally superior, but it's a very amoral system because it destroys the lives of people who play by the rules and try to achieve. Did you get the part about how those people that scored perfect scores on the SAT, Stanford University, bragged that they rejected 75% of them? They're not going to be restrained by meritocracy. Well, guess what? The rest of the world runs on meritocracy, not on identity. All right, and on a fun note, right before I get to my final thing, I just wanted you to listen to this one, this one video I love where this guy asks, what do you trust more than Joe Biden? One thing that you trust more than President Biden. Gas station sushi, CNN, Somalian cruise line, prostate exam from Captain Hook, a styrofoam gas can, Nigerian prince inheritance email, Helen Keller flying a plane, a mechanic who tells me my blinker fluid is low. Flint, Michigan tap water. The ingredients of a hot dog. A suspiciously large wooden horse. Breast milk from Bruce Jenner. A mixed drink from Bill Cosby. A blood transfusion <laughs> from Charlie Sheen. Facebook's free speech protection. Elizabeth Warren's Native American DNA. Carpooling with John F. Kennedy. Going to the theater with Abe Lincoln. Jeffrey Epstein's suicide note. A girl who says, I'm fine. Marriage advice from Ross Geller. And a rattlesnake with a pet me sign. I don't know if you could hear, hear me laughing during that, but I was having a blast listening to it again. That uh, was really funny. Okay, to end on a positive note, this is positive, but also really good life advice. And it's from my one of my all-time favorite motivational speakers, Zig Ziglar. There is no elevator to success. You have to take the stairs. There is no quick way. There is no get-rich-quick scheme. They're all schemes. They're all scams. The only way you can achieve success is to take your life step by step. But it's important to understand and pay attention and acknowledge and celebrate the small steps. Everybody thinks the giant accomplishments are the only things that you should celebrate. If you really want to build momentum into your success and achieve the dreams you really want, you need to understand that you need to celebrate the small successes too. If you're able to, you know, you make a New Year's resolution and you work out for two weeks and then you give up, celebrate, but get back at it. You know, say, I did it for two weeks. Fantastic. And don't consider that all and don't like be satisfied with that, but do Acknowledge yourself. Do give yourself some credit for doing that. And then go back to the gym and start over. You can start a new resolution anytime you want. You don't have to save resolutions 
and changes in your life for the first of every year. You can do a new day resolution every single day. You can resolve to do better and to do and to improve and grow and learn. That is the most powerful thing I ever heard in my life. When I read that, I'm like, no, there's no elevator. Or I thought escalator at, uh, to success. But you have to take the stairs. Take it step by step. And also understand, every step you take makes you stronger. And by the time you get to the, stop, the top of that staircase, you're stronger than when you started at the bottom. So every step you take strengthens you. Acknowledge and celebrate the small steps and understand there's no quick way to achieve what you want. You have to do the work. And if you're willing to do that, I promise you that you'll have the strength, you'll have the power, you'll have the resolve to achieve whatever goal you want in your life. All right. Okay, that's the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. If you agree or disagree with anything I've said, or if you have comments or snide remarks, I like it all. Don't hesitate to write me, drew at the watchdogsbark.com. And that takes us to the end of this podcast. Until next time, you know what I'm going to say. Create an amazing day. And please help me relay the bark. <laughs>